Hello, welcome to this week's self-improvement book club. Today's book is How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams. Definitely some shocking points in this book. One of them was throw your passion out the window because that doesn't work. You usually fail when you chase passion. That one, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've always been taught passion is the key to success. But in this book, that's not the case. So I'll go into the different points and main topics of the book. But, you know, at first when I heard some of the main points, I was like, this is not at all what I was taught. Um, So once I kind of heard the book out... I was like, this is super helpful, and I could see where it would be applied easily to one's life. So, always find some gems in each book I read, so I take away lots of tips. The coolest tip I took away was, it said, if you want to increase your happiness daydream more, produce happy thoughts instead of dwelling on negative events or past things that make you feel down. Daydream about things that could happen in your future that don't necessarily even need to come true. So of course I applied this right away and I had a daydream about being surrounded by cute little kittens that I got to just kiss and nuzzle and love and it really did make me happy so I like that that tip right there daydream about little cute kittens I'm doing that every day when I wake up (sighs) and then life will be great okay so back to the book um the book starts off by telling us to forget about our passion passion does not guarantee success or lead to it that people are just humble when they say oh passion is why I succeeded that really they succeed because they work hard they have brains they have luck they have an appetite for risk so they go for it and really what the author says is you have to have good energy the right energy to succeed and when you succeed you find the passion for what you're good at. So energy and being good at something actually creates passion, not passion creates success. So that's kind of a different way to think of things. And winners build their lives through systems, not goals. So I'm like, what? Don't set a goal? Like that's what I've been taught my whole life is to set goals to achieve things, but instead of setting goals, you should find strategies and systems that work for you. So what are systems? Things that are done regularly. Timing is irrelevant, right? You don't have to get to the system by 30 days. It's just something that you set up regularly in your life to build success around. So for instance, if you block 20 minutes each morning for exercise, that would be a system. You meal prep every Sunday would be a system. You take a day a month to do all the mundane tasks like calling doctors and those kind of 
horrible tasks. Like you take one day a month to just get all those done in one day. You might set up self-care once a month. So these are different strategies and systems that the author believes are more important than goals. In fact, the author thinks that happiness should be the only goal that you try to achieve. And happiness, he says, comes from controlling the order and timing of things. So we need to understand what happiness is in order to get there. So it's a feeling you get when your body produces happy chemicals. And it has to do with more your inner self than the situations you're in. And we can actually manipulate happiness. So how do we manipulate it? Ah, we are able to do what we want when we want. Okay, I'm going to say that again. To be happy, we have to be able to do what we want when we want to. So if I'm hungry and I want a good meal, I'm able to go get that meal. Like I'm not tied to my desk where I can't, you know, get up and do something. So the author says that you have to have a really flexible schedule to be happy. A lot of us don't have that. Like if you have kids, is the author saying you can't be happy because kids really (laughs) dictate a lot of your time? Hopefully not. But if you have flexibility, then that is better for your happiness. Having control of your schedule, being able to switch things around when you need to, um, timing. So the author points out when you're hungry and you eat a good meal, it's more satisfying than if you had your favorite meal when you're super full. Like even if it was like your favorite thing in the world, it probably tastes way better if you're hungry versus full. So that's kind of the timing of things. Um, so if you can somehow get more control of your schedule, get more flexible, this would lead to more happiness and happiness. Also, it helps if you have good resources, good health, and again, a flexible schedule. So those are the keys to happiness. Another big point is that we only have so much time, right? We, we have 24 hours in a day, you know, 365 days a year, you know, yada, yada, yada. We have a limited supply, so we can't, we can't do it all. We can't be perfect in every area of our lives. So it's important, and this is why the author says energy must be placed in the right areas. It's important to allocate your energy to the right things. And the author says you must be selfish. Again, another concept we're always taught not to be selfish. So this was like, whoa, okay, we have to be selfish. Confusing. So why do we have to be selfish? Because if we don't take care of ourselves, and Scott Adams harps on how we should always put fitness first, our own health, eating right, good sleep, these kind of key ingredients, sleep, exercise, and eating right. So if we don't do those for ourselves first and be selfish in that way, then we can't kind of focus on our job and make finances a priority, or we can't really give our family, friends, or local community what they need either. 
So the author points out there's three types of people, selfish people, stupid people, and burden on others, people that are a burden on others. So again, to be selfish is not to, you know, take all the donuts at uh, in the break room at work and not let anyone have any. Um, that would actually drain our energy because we'd feel really guilty about that. But being selfish is filling up our own tank with things like fitness and good eating and sleep. So to be stupid would be neglecting our own needs like health, family, and only focusing on things like career. So one of those workaholics that's always at work would be neglecting all the other needs. So that's just, as the author says, a stupid thing to do. How are we a burden on others? We do not contribute to society. We're not making money or we are actually taking more from others than we are producing things. So that is what he considers like the worst, right? So again, we have to fill our own needs. Then we go to our family and then we go to our outside tribe. So that could be friendships, community. Um, And Remember, it's all about your personal energy. Do what makes you happy and avoid stress, over stress. I guess avoid extra stress and get your priorities straight. Another key thing in this book is you must have a positive attitude. Um, Analyzing is something we do all the time. We analyze our environment We have different thoughts throughout the day. So make sure you are recognizing if those thoughts are really, really negative or neutral or more positive and try to work towards a more positive attitude. Often exercise makes you happier. So the author points out to make this a party in your life and saying like someone that eats regularly is happier because they're not hangry. And if you're active every day, you also don't want to use all your willpower on things like exercise. So any system that relies on you using your willpower is bound to fail. Because we only have so much willpower and it's actually not that much. You know, that thing you hate to do that you kind of force yourself to do, that is what we want to, you know, not do too much of is like, oh, I have to do this, I should do this, those kind of things. So if we see exercise as bad or hard, we won't want to do it and we're going to have to use our willpower. So the author suggests to limit exercise to whatever feels good. If that is a brisk walk outside or picking up your favorite cat and dancing in the room with that cat, um, while you're snuggling them, then then do what feels good, right? And then you can gradually increase. So maybe you dance through one song and that feels good. You do that for a week. Then the next week you can dance through two songs. So you just kind of keep going. And you do it eventually because it feels good and you want to. So that's how we avoid using willpower too much for things like exercise um, and that can be applied to other things you might have to use your willpower for. So in conclusion, 
Um, the book really thinks you should have your priorities straight, have a good diet, really lean into fitness, fill your own bucket first, and really energy. Make sure your energy's good because passion is bull sheep, says the author. And I don't like to cuss um, because in case a child is listening, but that's what the author says. So not exactly in those words, but in um, other words. So I hope you have enjoyed this uh, review of How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams. Have a wonderful day.